0: Our God is a God that is not only good, and sometimes we also know him as a God who has a wrath. But the Bible say his wrath lasts for a moment, but his loving kindness and mercy lasts a lifetime. So his wrath is only little, but his love, his grace, his kindness is so much more. And there's one aspect of his character that we will learn this month of November is that we will be strong because of joy. That our God, one of his character, that he is a God of, uh, David called him, God of my exceeding joy. So he's a God of joy. And in 7 Ayah 3, verse 17, it says, God rejoices over you with singing and with dancing. So our God, I will say, it will be most of the time that we will spend in eternity with God, it will be full of joy. So we need to learn this aspect of joy. Because when we learn what does it mean to be joyful in the Lord, that is one thing that will defeat the enemies. Because the enemy is trying to attack us with fear, doubt, discouragement, hopelessness. But if we have The joy of the Lord, all those darts of the devil, it will not get into us. So today we will learn about the secret of joy. In Romans 14, verse 17, it's being declared that the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's true that we see a lot of um, Jesus' ministry sometimes involve fellowship, eating, drinking. Jesus was invited to party also. And we also see that the disciples, they have fellowship in the breaking of bread. So eating and drinking, part of the fellowship of the body of Christ. But the kingdom of God is not about the eating and drinking. But it goes into the substance. If we don't have these three substance, we need to ask ourselves, does the kingdom of God really within me? so this tree number one is righteousness because his kingdom is a kingdom of righteousness you know we are so used to a kind of ruling that is based on democracy we hardly see a kingdom anymore But if you look into the history, a kingdom is different than, you know, what we have now, many nations in the world. In a kingdom, whatever the king says, that's it. The king has authority. The king has the say over everything. So your life depends at the mercy of the king. So that's a kingdom. And when we are talking about kingdom of God, we need to reorient ourselves, understanding the nature of the kingdom of God. God is a sovereign king. His word has power and authority. It's not that we can argue with the king. Oh, I don't think so, king. What about this way? The majority wants this way. That's why we hold the scripture as the word of God. Having Absolute truth. The inspired word of God has authority. And because it has absolute truth, it doesn't change. Now we need to really get this slowly. What does it mean that the king and his word has absolute truth and now we see the world is trying to change the ordinances of god when god putting the institution institution of marriage that's the first one that he established between a man and a woman and now those things the world say that's obsolete it doesn't apply anymore that's outdated the world the world is trying to change but when we are talking about kingdom people may say oh that's not according to what I think A, B, C have different views but when we are in the kingdom of God everything will be judged by the standard of the absolute truth of the kingdom so we will come to the end point where everyone will be raised back to life and every man and women will face the white throne judgment of god and what is the standard in that judgment it doesn't matter they follow christ or not it doesn't matter they believe what the word of god say or not all of us every one of us will be judged according to The standard of God's absolute truth. So we need to be ready to receive the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is about righteousness. So we have the king of righteousness. So if we say, Oh, yes, I believe God, I am a follower of Jesus. I am a child of God, then we ask, do I live in the standard of God's righteousness or not? At least that's the standard that we are looking and we are trying to reach and attain. So these three things, righteousness and righteousness will bring peace. When you are doing what is right, your heart, is at peace when you lie for the first time your heart will be oh oh, i lied but when you repeat again and again second time 10th time 20th time your conscience will be just no more alarm but the first time We did something wrong, it will be like, there's no peace. So when we have righteousness, it will bring peace. And the third one is joy. I believe this is what we need to learn. This is what we need to try to achieve. That when people see us as the church of God, when people see us as followers of Jesus, one of the things that they will notice is that we are joyful. If these three things still lack one of those things, that means there's something that we need to work on. If people notice that we don't have peace, that means, question mark, is there something that I need to settle with God to have peace? there is a man who testified I think he was called by Brother Yun Uh, he was in prison but through those grueling years in the imprisonment in the uh, Republic of China one day God told him you go out from the prison how come God How can i do that just go out and when he obey he just walk out just like that no guards nobody catching him so he's just walking out of the prison and when this man coming out of the prison you know you can see his face is not someone who is depressed He's not someone who is like so bitter with life. I've been in prison without justice. But instead, when you see his face, his face was like peaceful, joyful. And that's what happened, not only with Brother Yun, but other people's testimonies. Coming out from the prison, they were even... Become more joyful in their faith. And that's what Apostle Paul said through his prison letter in Philippians. He told the people, rejoice. You have to rejoice always. Now the one who was telling them to rejoice is someone who is behind the bars. It doesn't make sense, right? Humanly thinking. But that's what the kingdom of God is. It doesn't matter where you are. You can be in the prison. You can be deep in a remote place where life is so hard. Or maybe you can be somewhere where natural disaster will just strike. But if you have the kingdom of God, you can have joy. So that's what we need to work on. If we are to be called the people of the kingdom, no matter what happened to us on the outside, in the inside, we should have joy. Even though people talk about us, people slandered us, God said, it's okay, be joyful. Just like all the prophets in the Old Testament, they were persecuted. So if you follow God, you will have persecution. Be joyful because your reward is great in heaven. This is something that the world doesn't teach us. This is the kingdom of God. So when you have this joy, no matter what happens, will not defeat, will not steal what is inside of you. If you have his promises, his peace, and his joy, people, problems, circumstances cannot take what is from the inside. One time when I was in a problem. Maybe at first when you got the problem striking you, you were like, oh, why this, why that? Oh, Lord, please help me. I'm afraid. Then when the peace of God already come and already covering you, there, this is from experience. I experienced a peace. I was trying to, okay, why am I not being afraid? Why I'm not, you know, like there is just that kind of stillness in my heart that I don't have any doubt anymore. I don't have any fear. My heart is just, just, just still. And I'm trying to be afraid, but I cannot. It's like the fear is just blanketing your heart that's the peace of God and I give this uh, first to a couple of the youth Philippians 4 verse 6 until 8 let your requests be made known to God. Do not be anxious about anything, but in prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which is beyond understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So, let's see what the Bible says about this peace. Nehemiah 8, 9, 10. Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So we learn here what the people, this is the people who came back from the exile. They came back and they were just only small in number compared to their former state. They were just small in number. But when they come back to build the house of the Lord, One day, Ezra the priest was reading out loud. So, this is public reading of the Bible. We've never had this, but this is what Moses told Joshua to do public reading of the Bible. And besides, um, you know, and this reading goes for about maybe six hours or so. Can you imagine? you sit here maybe one and a half to two hours they were listening for six hours and the priests and the Levites they explain what does it mean what does the word mean and when they hear the words they hear the words of God their heart was convicted they got stricken in their hearts and then they wept Maybe it's because of God's loving kindness that allowed them to come back from the exile after they've done so horrific sins, terrible sins, sacrificing their sons and their daughters to Molech. But God in his mercy remembered and brought them back. So they were weeping, but then Nehemiah and Ezra told them, please don't weep. Do not grieve, do not mourn, for this is holy to the Lord. Let me tell you that there are seven festivals in the Bible. There are times when God is telling the people to fast and pray and ask forgiveness from the Lord, which is the day of atonement. If they do not fast, they do not come to God, they will die. So there are times when people are being invited to really come in repentance. But this time, they were invited to come in solemnity. But it's not only that. Because of the holiness of the Lord, Nehemiah says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Because when you have joy no discouragement no hopelessness can cling to you so what does the word strength means joy number 1 joy is strength so god is telling us something in the joy strength in the original word it means a place or means of safety protection refuge stronghold it's a refuge a place where we can run and be protected it's a stronghold it means something that is being built very strong and god is building us he did god doesn't provide us with just whatever. But he is providing us with a stronghold. You know, to build a stronghold, it requires a lot of resources, right? If you want to build normal house, that will be maybe a little bit cheaper. But a stronghold, it needs to be strong. You know, in the old times, when people attack a city, they will attack the wall. They will even bring sticks and they will attack the wall, just pounding the wall. Trying to get the wall down. That's why Jericho was a strong city because the wall is very, very thick. Until Rahab, she had her house on the wall. So God is providing us a place of safety. And this place of safety is joy. Isn't that interesting? Joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord Is your stronghold. Maybe we go back to the story of Paul, the apostle. He was in the prison. And one time, Paul and Silas, they were put in the deepest, in the center of the prison with their hands and feet is being shackled. But what happened? The shekel cannot prevent them from being joyful. They were singing, they were praising God until all the prisoners, they heard their voice singing. What happened? What on earth? They just got beaten up. This is amazing. When God is giving you a strength, the world cannot defeat. Paul and Silas, they were just beaten up. But in their body, they were all bruised and shackled. They were praising the Lord. And what happened when they were praising God? The earthquake shake the prison until all the doors swing open. And all the prisoners can get free that's what happened and there's one uh word that i i i like it i think it's true you know the word from chuck pierce he said if you walk and you walk very hard like uh, it's so hard you are trudging your way through you are leaving a mark right when you are trying so hard in a difficult circumstances, you leave a mark. And when you leave a mark, the enemy can easily find you. But when you go your way, in joy, When you are dancing, you know, you know people dancing in the Middle East? Their dance is like going around and going around. There is no footprints, there is no trace that the enemy can track you down. Because it's just all over the place when you are so joyful in dancing. Isn't that a beautiful picture? When we are walking with God in joy, the enemy find it hard to track on us. But we, when we are... Uh, complaining, oh, why my heart is so hard? Oh, why I'm not blessed? That's the easy way to be found out by the enemy. So joy is strength. I remember there was a testimony from a wife. The family did not know God, but the wife started to get to know God. And usually before that, when there was arguments or fight happened in the family then, you know, the wife will be just like aspiring partner to the husband. But once the wife starting to know the Lord, when there was argument, you know, the wife doesn't become aspiring partner anymore. But instead, she started to sing. That makes the husband confused what happened. Something is not useful. Because the wife got to know the joy of the Lord. That is your strength. Even though you are in a difficult place, the joy inside is what makes you, you know, why people cannot bear under a circumstances. Sometimes their heart is just, you know, something snap in their minds, in their heart, mentally. Because they cannot bear the burden. But joy is the medicine from heaven. Joy of the Lord is God's medicine so that your mind and your heart, your soul, is in the right place. So let's look, where can we find this joy? Number two, joy is God's presence. First Chronicles 16, verse 27. This is part of the song that David sang. He said, splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. So when we find the place where God dwells, where we come into the house of God, You know, the house of God is not only this building, but moreover, the house of God is your body. Do you find God's joy inside of you? If God dwells in you, his joy, his peace, that will be a trademark. And here David say, he find strength. Enjoy in God's place there was one uh, servant of God that he witnessed he was taken into the throne room of God when he landed before the throne room of God he was so scared he was like just screaming. You know why? Because he encountered what God is really is. And what he saw, what he felt in that room was like, this is a reactor of nuclear power, much, much more bigger. That's how power and strength is. In his presence. But it's not only God is so powerful. But he is joyful. In his place, there are so many joy. Maybe let's not think. Maybe you can say, well... Maybe that's in heaven. <laughs> in this world, we still have many problems, blah, blah, blah. But God wants us to get a taste of heaven. In our life on this earth, we should start tasting what this heaven is like. Our family should be a place where we can taste a little bit of heaven. So, when you find God, when you encounter the presence of God, then you will experience the joy of the Lord. One of the things that happened as a manifestation of the visitation of the Holy Spirit, sometimes, people can be visited with what is called holy laughter. And they will laugh and they cannot stop it. And it's not something that they make up. But it's something coming out from inside. And uh, from the experience of the one who experienced it, when he got that holy laughter, he felt that all the pains, all the sorrows, all the griefs in his life was being washed away by the laughter that comes from the Holy Spirit. So that's like divine therapy to heal your inner being. God has many ways he has many different various ways but it's only being found in his place so if people say oh i find joy in you know doing these things with my friends well that's maybe happiness that lasts only maybe one day to say Generously, that lasts one day or few days. But when we talk about the joy of the Lord, you cannot find it any other place. And we cannot fake it. We cannot counterfeit it. Because it marks you inside, in your heart. It's not something that you can make up on your face. But it's only one place in God's place. So I will tell you just this one thing. Do not be satisfied with counterfeit joy that the world may offer never be satisfied you need to seek after the true joy sometimes the world say the world sometimes say when i am free i will be happy but this joy is found in the kingdom of God when we are talking about kingdom of God that means you submit to the king and you will have joy truly in submission you are being freed from all the worries when you submit to god god will take care of whatever things you surrender to him but when you take it on your own hands no i'll do it my way i don't want to obey i don't want to follow god's way then you are in control you have to protect you have to defend yourself but in the kingdom of god that's where joy is to be found. It is found in submission to the king. I pray, I believe, God will give us a taste of that until we are willing to leave what the world may offer as a counterfeit joy because we have taste The joy of the Lord. So joy is God's presence. And God provides us joy. He is generous God. Joy in full measure. You know, when you look at this picture, you know, little kids, when they laugh, you know, they are, you know, they laugh with, it's a real joy that we can, Capture from that picture. Because little kids, you know, they still have innocent lives. Psalm 16, verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So we find that joy has a measure, maybe we have tasted a little bit of joy. Maybe we have tasted 50% of joy. But God, like David said here, God wants us to taste 100% of joy. That joy will be just in the full measure. That means you do not lack anything. You don't feel, oh, I feel like I need something. Oh, I feel like this is still not right. But when you are full in the fullest measure of the joy of God, you will be just no more words. It will be just abundance, place of abundance and abundance and abundance. And where they would say this fullness of joy is found in his presence. You know, the only way to find the most High God. It's through contrite and humble heart. a contrite and humble heart in the posture of prayer. So we can pray, but if our heart is not going down, we can pray, but our heart is not being broken to pieces. Maybe we can pray, but we don't find His presence. Isaiah 55, God, the Most High, is found with those who are contrite and broken so in his presence that means number one it's a place of prayer you can find God's presence number one the way is through prayer and God says pray without ceasing pray always let your heart be a highway to heaven always connected to heaven and when your heart is always connected to heaven there is the supply of joy will be coming to your way so let's prepare our hearts as we come together in the communion let's believe that when we take the bread and the juice we believe we are in a communion with God we are being united with God and I invite you all to stand up together with me Let's just worship God God of my exceeding joy, fill us, fill us with your joy